Hello everyone and welcome to the landmark 50th episode of Beyond the Iron Sea. The podcast is an extension of Tim's body. If his body was made out of sound waves. Or an extension of Tom's body. If Tom's body was made out of sound waves. Or, or an extension of Richard's body. If Richard's body was made out of sound waves. Uh, are you quite finished? Oh. Yeah, sure, go nuts. Okay, coming up on today's episode. We won't stop for a minute as we tell you about the forthcoming lead track from the Night Train EP. Oh dear. We've got more on what Mount Desolation might sound like. There's a chance to get into hip-hop before you hear the EP. And we'll be debating what an EP actually is. And that's all coming up on today's boringly self-referential edition of Beyond the Iron Sea. Beyond the Iron Sea. So the first item of business today is that it's been announced that the lead track from the Night Train EP will be stopped for a minute featuring k um, there's no actual release date for the track at the moment, but it's probably going to be around the end of March, the start of April, about two months from now, something like that. Mm-hmm. Do we think there's going to be a physical single or direct download only? Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I would, I really don't know. Um, I think it's still, it's still possible they'll produce something, you know, something tangible and physical uh, to be sold through the shop, just because it's, you know, a little bit of extra revenue from, um, from certain fans who, who like to have something in, you know, something they can hold in their hands. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was download only either, though. I mean, who who knows? So as the promotion for the EP has started to crank into life, uh, Kanan, who features on two tracks, flew in to record an acoustic session with the band and do some press. Yeah, the acoustic session was for the Sun newspaper, which we thought was you know slightly unusual choice for the band, but uh, it's probably been influenced by the fact that it's read by so many people. I mean, yeah, it's, definitely, it's um, e- the quickest way to get the message across. Yeah, the, still the most widely read newspaper amongst sort of a mainstream audience. Mm. Um, Richard um, told us on Twitter that it's likely to be online at around the end of March, which would tie in with what I was saying about Stop for a Minute probably coming out around then as well. So if the acoustic session does go online before the track makes its radio debut, this is going to be the, you know, people are going to be hearing the tracks for the first time in acoustic form, you know, before they even hear the fully recorded version. Um, It seems to be something that's um, becoming this sort of um, new way of doing things whenever you release a new record. I was quite surprised when Coldplay did this a couple of years ago when Viva La Vida came out, where they recorded these acoustic versions of songs, and they ha- they made these arrangements with sort of you know um, media partners, if I can put it like that, where they would give them a, you know an acoustic se- uh, mm-hmm. session or an acoustic version that they could you know then play out as an exclusive. So iTunes, um, I think it was an acoustic version of Lost. Right. Um, Q got this uh, version of um, another track, mm-hmm. again an acoustic version that they could play on their radio station. So for a lot of fans, they heard these acoustic versions before they actually heard the record. Mm-hmm. And it's a way of, without spoiling the record for, for um, most people, it gives the fans something to look for. And it, you know, it sort of takes the pressure off people wanting to you know, hear the actual album and you know, leaks and that sort of thing. If you, if you follow me. Yeah, so that people are going to be sort of scrambling around downloading the acoustic versions and not, and you know, whereas if they've just played the fully recorded version first, that would, you know, perhaps yeah. take a hit. Well, so. whenever, whenever anything like this goes online, it ends up getting ripped by somebody, it goes online, it gets shared. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if they were to start, you know, playing the, the album on, uh, on the Sun radio or whatever, um, it would probably find its way online. So better to do some kind of acoustic session. And you can give some, you know, people a, a different version of, of something. But, you know, not the actual definitive version that they still have to go out and spend money on. I mean, that'd be quite a change of tactic for Keane, because what I've always thought is that the first single from each campaign, you know, be it Somewhere Any We Know, be it 
uh, Is It Any Wonder or Spiralling. They've all had very distinctive styles to them. Yeah, I mean, actually, we, we can illustrate this now with, uh, with some clips. Um, so for a lot of people, their first experience of hearing Keen um, would have been uh, this... When the band, you know, they, they toured for two years and they, they did all this press about a change of direction. And so they, they want to illustrate this to us by going and debuting a single which sounds like this. Which, you know, it's, it's a bit of an impact. And then most recently, um, to come out of the blue with a, a download-only single with a really sort of a, a big impact and uh, they gave us this. Um, so it'd be a surprise if they were going to ease us into the new record with, you know, some acoustic songs on um, a tabloid newspaper website. See, I, I, I don't know what you think about that, Chris, but I mean, maybe the, maybe the worry is that there's some, you know, there's some fans who are slightly uneasy about hip-hop anyway. Um, we'll come to that later. There might be a bit too much to take it in one go, and if they show, you know, the, the band doing them in a traditional uh, acoustic environment with, um, you know, with, with Kane on there as well, they might be, you know, better disposed towards it. Yeah, it's quite unusual, really, because acoustic sets are all, all about the song as well. Whereas, you know, as we just illustrated above, the whole point about a, you know a new keen track is that they're constantly reinventing themselves, and it's all about the sound. So yeah. to bring in this substance uh, and and sort of do with with the style is is very unusual, I think. Yeah. Anyway, Canine is a man on a very tight schedule. So the schedule. A note to any Americans listening: schedule, schedule. The video shoot for Stop for a Minute was recorded the very next day. Uh, when I ran into Richard a few months ago, we got talking about videos. Um, and he, he, I think he said that the, he and Tim tend to go through the video treatments that are pitched to them uh, one by one, select any ones that just feature Tom, and then they recommend those as their favourites. So, um, in keeping with that tradition, the video for Stop for a Minute features just Tom and Canaan, of course, um, doing their thing in some form of club over in East London. Um, there was a full live blog about it on the website, although given that they couldn't tell us anything about the video or the song on which it was based, it seemed like a sort of a fairly futile exercise, really. Yeah, you enjoyed it nonetheless, though, didn't you? Yeah, it was mildly diverting. I got to send links about genitals to the onto email address. And, of course, while the gentleman doing the blog wasn't allowed to tell us a lot, he did take a lot of pictures. Yeah, from having a look at them, it seems like it's kind of set in a very opulent club with, you know, your typical rap video sort of thing. Yeah, um, I don't know, kind of, uh, maybe it's just because the photos that went up were in black and white, but it did look sort of like a period piece um, in a, in a non-menstrual sort of way. It's sort of very, very extravagant and decadent, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, I think the way I see it, you know, Tim's always obsessed with time slipping away. So, you know, my theory is that this... Uh, you know, along with the title stop for a minute. Basically, it's Tom in a busy bar, and then everything literally stops for a minute, and it's just him who's frozen. Like, do you remember that program, Bernard's Watch? I think no. it, I think it'll be like that. Bernard's Watch. It was a children's TV program. Blast oh. from the past, there. On which channel? ITV. Oh, that was why I never, I never watched the kids stuff on ITV. It was bollocks. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's probably what the video treatment was that you know formed the basis of the video treatment. Some, some so good there ideas go. there. I don't yeah. think you, you know, you may not be too far off. Um, I think there were some allusions to there being sort of a fair bit of post-production work in, in, at the end of the blog, um, and that sounds to me like the kind of idea that would need a lot of post-production. So, mm. um, anyway, moving on. Um, 
promos for Night Train have now gone out to trusted journalists. We know this because Pop Justice, uh, friends of the show, um, tweeted a photo of one uh, in the last week. Yeah, there's no major surprises. It's the artwork from the website, you know, with the traditional Keen logo and the old-fashioned logo. Yeah, and uh, the track listing, which we already knew. So, yeah, now, there's not really many interesting things you could say about these sort of promos, but um, yeah, there they go. go. They're out in the wild now. Um, and if you're a journalist or um, somebody who likes spending a lot of money on promos on eBay, then um, this that bit of news was for you. Last time out, we were speculating what Mount Desolation might sound like, and I lazily selected two of the most obvious sound clips ever aired on a podcast. And then, earlier on today, in a flash of inspiration, Chris realised that Tim Rice Oxley Gone Country has actually been done before. Yep. If you've never heard it before, Picking on Keen, a bluegrass tribute, came out a few years ago and featured the band's songs reinterpreted as country numbers. Chris, play us a selection. So, is that what Mount Desolation will sound like? No. Something that came up in the live blog for the video is that there seems to still be a lot of fans out there who are very scared about the concept of Keen collaborating with a hip-hop artist, uh, don't you think? Yeah, people have, seem to have had a hard time to prepare for what these songs might actually sound like, you know, with Kiernan rapping and doing his thing over the top of them, but uh, it seems like they're still not ready. Yeah, I, I think the trouble is that some people, um, if I may get on my high horse here... Um, Did you ever get off? <laughs> <laughs> the trouble that some people have with approaching musical genres that they wouldn't normally listen to is that those genres usually have this, I don't know, this, this wide range of culture attached to them. Um, so negative aspects of that culture tend to sort of spread the widest. Um, for example, I mean, dance music and drugs, um, rap and gangster culture, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's very well and pompously put. Uh, yeah. Cheers. So hopefully this might break down some barriers here. Well, to carry on in that sort of pompous vein, um, I thought I'd pick out a couple of hip-hop tracks every episode in the run-up to Night Train's release, um, you know, just to get people used to, you know, to get people, you know, trying new things. And a beginner's guide to hip hop, as it were. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get that far because I, I don't really know so much myself. But certainly, it's sort of a sampler, yeah. All right. Um, so the first one's something really obvious that you really don't, you know, you've you've got to hear this um, before you get your copy of Night Train. Um, it's something by Kanan himself. Um, he's actually been a successful artist in his own right for you know quite some time now. Um, but this summer, he's expected to pick up some actual international recognition. Because um, he's recorded the official theme for the 2010 FIFA World Cup in South Africa. And this is that track. Yep, it's called Waving Flag. If you like the sound of that, it's on his record Troubadour, which has apparently just been withdrawn from sale, ready to be re-released later in the year. I wonder why that is. Um, our second track is uh, it's from an absolute classic album, uh, 2001 by Dr. Dre. 
Yeah, Richard's name checked this album quite a few times in interviews and recommended it to me, certainly, a few times, because uh, it's mm. one of his favourites. Uh, and also happens to be one of the biggest-selling rap records of all time. And with good reason. Um, now, we could play you something obvious, um, you know, one of the singles, but the thing is, you've probably heard those already. Um, so instead, um, I've picked uh, Explosive. I think it's track track five, maybe? Um, the thing about this is that it's got an unusual arrangement um, based around this um, looping guitar motif and these bursts of glockenspiel and sections of singing as well as rapping. And it's this kind of song-based approach that's influenced the likes of Kanye West and, um, quite possibly, Kanan and Tim as well. Um, so here it is. This is Explosive. When I met you last night, baby Sorry, yeah. Sorry, we were just talking off mic about that. That's Dr. Dre's explosive there. And there'll be more from my hip-hop sampler next time. So, something that you and I have been debating for quite some time now, Andrew. What exactly is an EP? Well, Chris, it's not quite a single... It's not quite an LP, but... <laughs> so, to answer your question, I don't know. Oh. Well, I, I don't think we've ever tacked down a definition of what an EP really is, but according to the official charts company in, in the UK, which, you know, I think is a good source of all kind of geekery, it needs to have a maximum of four tracks and run to a maximum of 25 minutes. Otherwise, it's going to be counted as an album. Interesting. I mean, the thing is, by those criteria, um, just off the top of my head, I can't actually think of many releases that were called EPs that actually would count as EPs. Or at least not over the last sort of 20 years or so, unless you were actually think about things that were actually real sort of singles. I mean, the Arctic Monkeys did that five-track thing, didn't they? So yeah. Um, that was uh, wider regards an EP. Um, yeah, but a couple have done two EPs, and they were both over four tracks. Um, uh, yeah, I, as I said, I can't think of any. So I think we also have to bear in mind that even if the official charts company recognises this as an album, it's going to put, put in the album charts and so on. Um, it's probably unlikely to count towards the albums that the band are contracted to make for Ireland as part of their record deal. I, I, so I suppose what we're saying in a very long-winded way is that while it is called an EP by the band and label, according to the charts people, it's going to be an album. So you'll see it in the album charts. Now, what we don't know though um, is whether it's actually going to be eligible for album categories at things like award shows um, in 2011. It'd be really interesting to know what the criteria is, wouldn't it? Yeah, like um, minimum number of tracks or anything like that. Um, I think we've, we've said it before that there are some albums out these days with only eight or nine tracks on. And of course, talking purely hypothetically, um, what would happen if the EP was this sort of huge um, commercial and critical success in its current form, um, but it was ineligible for this kind of recognition, either here or abroad? Do you think Ireland would re-release it with some extra tracks and call it an album? It's a possibility, isn't it? Um, if you have any thoughts, drop us a line via Twitter, or email us and let us know what you're thinking. Certainly an interesting debate. Beyond the So, just to round off the show, we've had a couple of questions from listeners that we should address. First, uh, Matt Brody, he's asked us about a video on YouTube which purports to be an official video for She Has No Time. Now, if you do a search on YouTube for the She Has No Time official video, 
You should find the one that we're talking about. Now the thing is, as that track was never chosen as a single, um, it's it's a good question because um, as it wasn't a single, it shouldn't have a video. Um, and yet the video online features Tim, Tom, and Richard at various intervals. It looks professional, and they all look really, really young. I can't quite tell now if it, if it's an official video that's been put together by someone, or if it's been a fan video. I mean, they've done a decent job, or. Mm. I mean, I do remember there was a video for Everybody's Changing that was done by an American director that was canned for, for various reasons. So, I mean, the style is quite similar, I think. I would be surprised if it was a second part of that. Uh, we can say it, can't we? Mark Pellington yeah. did that. I wouldn't be surprised if he produced this video, but I, it's interesting that it's only just come out. Possibly. Um, yeah, I've, certainly I'd never seen it before. Um, I think it probably predates hopes and fears, but I genuinely have no idea. Um, they certainly all look like they're barely out of university. Um, anyway, we'll see if we can shed any more light on this before the next show. Yep, we'll delve into our contacts, I think, see if anyone's got any, any info. Um, also, if you're, um, if you're not a subscriber to our Twitter, then you won't have seen our caption competition that we've been running. Yeah, after that recent photo that went up of the band in silhouette form, perched on some kitchen unit on a rooftop. I think they were kitchen units. Yeah, we couldn't quite tell. Uh, somewhere in London. We asked you for your captions on Twitter. We've, we've had loads of these. I thought a decent response, I think. Um, we picked through them. I think our, our favourite so far is... Keen cancelled U2-style rooftop show after Tom discovers that the Eagle Ramp is disappointingly small. Not bad. Thank, thanks to Sam Dutton for that. Um, keep, them, keep them coming um, if you've got any more ideas. And if you want to join us on Twitter, our username over there is BeyondIMC. No the in that. Uh, Rich is following us as well, which is quite nice. But good, good, good old, you know, good old bunch of uh, followers now. Yeah. Do join them, and do keep emailing us as well. Our address is mailbox at beyondtheinc.com. Now we'll see you next time with more from the hip hop sampler, more top keen news, and maybe, if you're lucky, a bit of beard watch too. I can't wait. See you next time. <laughs>